What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. On your soul. All right, what it do, fam? Welcome to episode four of Broadly Specific, aka the BS Podcast, a Fifth Amendment production. I'm your host, Smooth Eleven Twenty Six. This is the podcast that gives you a generally precise opinion of how I see the world with vaguely distinct attempts to keep you informed and entertained. That sentence doesn't make any sense, nor does the world that we live in. So that's a sign that we've started the show. How the fuck are y'all doing? God damn, it has been a minute. Man, I done fell off. I felt so good about episode three that I just like, hey, man, I did this shit. I don't got to do any more. And I fell the fuck off, man. It was like October. It is now March of 2021. And man, it's been a crazy few months. But I'm back. Um, Been doing a lot of growing, a lot of... uh, self-development, um, just a lot of shit, but mostly laziness, <laughs> uh, just got, I shouldn't even say that, I just got, it's about juggling stuff, and that's actually going to be one of the topics that I'll, I'll talk about today, um, but just, man, life has been, has been good, it's been bad, it's just, life has been life, uh, for me, um, but this is definitely a good time, I've been, aligning some things to kind of just you know put make sure i'm fitting this into my schedule so um i really haven't even looked at my 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 information on my my podcast for a minute uh but it was really refreshing when i opened it up today and i saw the views man i'm already over a hundred it's crazy i only have three episodes i shouldn't say views but listens and from all over the country man so not only from when we're broadcasting here in texas and I mean, but Germany, uh, Canada, um, it's just, it's crazy, man. I never even would imagine that this would be like, people would even find this. I'm like, I'm not advertising this at all. Like I got this on some social, like on my social media, but I barely advertise there as well. So, I mean, it's an audience out there that is so crazy, man. I I never would have imagine so that was uh that put a little pep in my step like you know what man let me just let me stop like i got probably about four to five show topics that i need to go over um that i've already had lined up but it's just finding the time finding the spirit to do it because you know at the end of the day man i mean i don't want to just be dull and just i know it's more about this podcast i told you i wanted to be just about my point of view of the world and how i look at things but at the same time, I want to entertain you to an extent or at least make it sound interesting, have something to say. And honestly, man, my spirit just wasn't there. And I've only have I'm, I'm, I'm struggling and I shouldn't even say struggling. I'm learning how to allocate my time to the things that I want to do. And honestly, there was just some other things that were more of a priority than I thought that this uh, podcast would be. 
but it's still something that's there and I look at it as um, a catalyst to make sure that I'm getting shit done. So hopefully this won't be another hiatus. It won't have to be uh, five or six months before the next episode. Um, so I'm going to land it out and I'll even put it out there. I actually got a special um, show I got planned out because, uh, you know, there's going to be wide range of topics that we discuss. Just letting you know the things that I like and what I what I really dig. And one of them is um, is uh, the Jay-Z album 444. And it's been part of my life ever since it dropped. Um, I think it's I think it was 2018. 2019 I can't remember now I had to go back and look but um, I'm a huge Jay-Z fan um, no dick writer but I just I think he's uh he's an amazing artist man he's definitely one of um, the goats in hip-hop you know I have other other rappers that I think are definitely better lyrically um, but just consistency and for him doing it for so long man the dude just still brings it but that album right there man really really man it, it's still paying dividends and and i think that was probably his aim for it but anyway i want to drop that episode kind of like a bonus episode we'll still number it but we're going to drop that on april 4th uh just to you know it makes sense with 444 um but just other show topics and just things that have happened life has happened um and new segments that i've thought about um of kind of cha- uh, changing things up. I know initially I was thinking about getting into tech and then going to coding, and um, that world is so amazing, but it's just not for me. <laughs> I actually did some research, took some classes, did some online like boot camps, and man, I just I'm sorry, bro. I'm I ain't got the patience. I'm in my mid. I'm over my mid thirties now, and I just I got other shit I'd rather do. <laughs> But honestly, what really compelled me to stop really looking to it deeply is just I saw where the money was. Like, I thought it was more so in, in, in coding. And like, nah, man, like most of these people that I've met in the industry, they're not even coders. They're in sales. They're in uh, proficiencies, um, marketing. Like, it's crazy. They don't even know how to code, but they just, you know, there's, there's, you know, like I don't even know how to describe it. There's just jobs around coding that you can basically like if you understand the language and you understand the nature and the culture that is surrounding coding and kind of just where the the uh, industry is going, then that gives you the edge. But honestly, man, like just if you're a go getter, mover and shaker, and you have some experience, I mean, there's so many jobs out there that you can get scooped up but the competition is very fierce very fierce so coding you know is that it gives you an edge to have that but man it's grueling work not to say anything you ain't you know there's coders out there that, that, that are getting paid like it's crazy money but there's so much like here in austin man it's crazy man like ridiculous but anyway um you know i just want to kind of expand it to things i'm really really taking interest in and i don't want to force it so Anyone that was interested in coding, I do apologize if you were kind of getting, you know, amped up on it. But uh, sorry, not sorry, because I ain't talking about that shit. I ain't got time for it. <laughs> but we'll keep the uh, the segments um, kind of similar with some, you know, some expansions and some callbacks. Um, and 
even to start it off, we'll, we'll start with uh, uh, a fan favorite, apparently, uh, Man Boobs. Yep, I still got them. <laughs> uh, I remember last time I was talking about um, just doing like a fast um, back in October. I think I went three days. And honestly, man, I thought it would be easier doing, you know, a five day fast going into the third time because the first time was grueling. I made it through. Second time was a little bit harder. Shit, this third time, man, it was even worse. Like day three, I just remember like, I'm like, ah. I can't fuck with this shit. I mean, it gets you in a, a nice mental space and really makes you think about other things than food because <laughs> you're just starving. You're like, what am, I, what am I really trying to do this for? Um, it just, uh, it's a little bit drastic. And the nature of my, my job and um, just me trying to be active, if you want to be active, fasting is a little bit harder, man. You got to got to really condition yourself in order to have that kind of stamina without uh, this daily, you know, sustenance. So, not really work out, but um, the holidays came through. I was a little loose with it. Not too much. I, you know, I had binged a little bit uh, on Thanksgiving and Christmas. Um, you know, spent some time with the family. Um, you know, kind of went crazy. My mom wants to cook, you know, a traditional, you know, Thanksgiving Christmas meal and I just I can't I can't take I can't take uh, leftovers so I had one one plate but I had it had to leave it at that <laughs> and then wifey doing some stuff too doing the same thing making the meals and it's just like oh shit so fell off a little bit but actually been more so just maintaining but now I'm trying to kick it up a notch so um, what I've really been focused on is uh, running so um, dieting is definitely a struggle, but for the workouts, uh, running has definitely been something that I'm trying to challenge myself with. I've been trying to achieve this runner's high and it is fucking hard because I hate running like all the time. Like it's just ridiculous. Now I can't even call it running, man. I'm jogging, jogging and walking, jogging and walking, jogging and walking. And I'm averaging about two miles, um, at least three times a day. I'm using a Nike, uh, Nike run club, um, app that's on there hey if y'all want to add me if y'all want to if y'all are uh if y'all are running y'all can hit me up smooth 1126 on that as well um so it's always good to have you know some partners in crime to uh you know just to you know add some motivate uh motivation and just you know some accountability so i got some weekly challenges on there i'm pretty much doing a uh, 15k every week so about nine and a half to ten miles every week um just trying to be consistent with that and it really helps building up the stamina, um, gets me going, doing it early in the morning when no one's awake, um, probably around five o'clock, um, six o'clock. It's just good. And it's been really cold, man. I'm not sure if I heard about the, the winter storms that have been, you know, the one that came last month in Texas, man. It was crazy. I had to take that week off. But temperature's warming up now, so I've been been a little bit more consistent for the last couple of weeks. So I'm doing at least two miles a day, trying to do, you know, that four to five times a week just to be consistent. And on top of that, I'm doing strength uh, conditioning throughout the uh, throughout the week as well. Sometimes I might double up 
um, after the run because um, the runs are getting a little bit easier, you know, and it just, you know, gets the heart rate going. And, man, when I run, I hate the process of it. Fucking sucks. Like, it's just it's ridiculous. But the rest of the, every day that I run, the rest of the day, it's probably my my most refreshing day of the week. I can get most of the shit done. Hence why I'm doing this today because I got my ass out and ran. I even convinced my wife. This is the second time this week. I actually got her, um, you know, to run as well. And it's just, it's, it's a different, you know, it's different running by yourself versus running with a partner because you have to kind of match each other's cadence. You know, when you're by yourself, you kind of just go with your own groove, you know, but you know, it just pros and cons, but it's it's actually been good, and it gives me some time, some some quality time that we can that we can bail out, just getting our bodies moving versus just you know sitting on our ass, you know, watching TV and shit. So, but that's been really good. Um, weight training I've been doing in the gym, the gym is open now. You know, COVID for a minute had that shit closed down. I'm like, man, I ain't paying for this shit <laughs> if if I can't even use it. But um, it's it's opened up a lot, um, but um, that's that's pretty much why I've been doing on a workout. So as long as I'm consistent, basically just trying to move at least you know four to five times every week. However you get it in, whether it be you know just doing a bunch of push-ups, two hundred push-ups, um, you know, squats, whatever. Like machinery. When I'm in it, like when I'm in the gym, I'm at least doing ninety minutes at the, at at this point. Because I do a, um, a one-mile sprint just to start it off. So in sprint intervals, let me not confuse it. <laughs> I think I'm down to an 11-minute mile, and I sprint on every tenth of a mile. So I'm trying to increase that. Whereas when I'm on a terrain, man, it's hard. I'm probably averaging about 14 minutes, maybe just shy, maybe 13.50 a, minute, uh, a mile. So hopefully I can continue to increase that. I know it's that's a bitch ass number, but hey, at least I'm fucking getting it in. That's all I care about at this point. Um, but coupling that with my diet, because the diet, man, that's the hardest thing. That's the hardest thing I'm trying to get under control. But I've been setting up some systems to kind of get me more um, consistent in the food that I have. So I got a big problem wanting to eat out. You know, you go so hard as far as eating clean for, you know, four or five days. You just like you done eating the goddamn broccoli, bro, and the chicken breasts. <laughs> and it's like, I just need some water burger, nigga. I just need some water burger. <laughs> That's all I want. Let me get a fucking patty belt. Let me get some, some fries. You know what? Put some money rings in that. Yeah, right. Yes. Oh, I got a coupon. Oh no, I I've been here five times already. Oh, I got a a, a treat. Go ahead, go ahead. And let me get that cinnamon roll. There you go. Yeah, put that on there too. Yeah, those days happen. So I, I tried not, tried not to let that happen. And so what I've done, the system I put in place is, um, I'm doing some um, food ordering services. So I connected with uh, recently um, with uh, the owners of JBG uh, Organics, and it's an Austin-based uh, organic uh, produce uh, supplier. They do they pretty much supply. They're like the number one supplier of like all the organic produce that you'll find here in the Austin area, man. Like you go to HEB, you go to 
you go to uh, Randall's, you go to National Grocers, you go to the farmers markets that are around here, by most means is going to be from JBG, JBG Organics. So it's really good. Um, really, really, really good. And they deliver, they have a, they have a delivery system uh, where they deliver fresh produce to your doorstep every Friday. And I've been trying that now. I think this is week three. And it's been really good, man. Um, it's like at first week, I was kind of like, what the fuck? Because half the shit, I didn't even know what it was. I was like, what is this? I'm like, is, I'm like, damn, I don't even know my goddamn vegetables. <laughs> like, I'm looking at wifey like, what the fuck is this? Like, there's some radishes that we got. Some, I don't know, some crazy looking plums. We got kale, cabbage. Got this thing that looked like broccoli. I don't know if it's broccoli or not, but it kind of was like broccoli and cauliflower. But anyway, got that. And then I started Butcher Box, which, man, it's expensive, but, well, I don't, see, I don't know. It might be cheaper because it has, it has helped me stop from eating out as much. But Butcher Box, I started that as well. Um, and uh, I got a promo and has a lot, it has a lot of, a uh, lot of, a lot of food like almost too much <laughs> i'm like damn I, I love meat but uh i don't know if i can eat this all you know within a month's time so i'm we're probably around two weeks in and i probably have still more than half the food that was that was sent and that comes once a month so i don't know i might have to cancel the uh because it auto renews i might have to cancel that just see if i can finish it out because uh, I think it's mid-month now. Today is the 17th. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I can finish that. But so far, so good. You know, it's keeping me consistent. Yeah, I got to do a lot more cooking, doing more meal preps. But honestly, when I do the meal prep, that keeps me honest. And, you know, I just, I don't have to think about my food. I just, it's right then and there. Um, but I'm still adding that with uh, OMAD. So one meal a day, primarily. Some days it might get kind of crazy if I do like a harder workout and I'll eat, you know, um, like a lunch, you know, early lunch or actually late lunch, like two, three o'clock and then a dinner when I come home, like around five or so. So it's been working out. Um, I'm at, at about 242 today that I weighed myself, I believe. My ultimate goal is trying to get to 200. That's going to be a journey, but I'm going to amp it up. Uh, I'm still reading the... Um, fat burn fix like one page a day because <laughs> I, I read so much other shit too and i just i don't like reading that with uh because it tells me what i need to be doing i don't want to hear that shit sometimes but anyway but that's that's it for for man booze but kind of segued into you know reading um the next sec segment of as far as this uh what what i'm reading lately So, uh, yeah, man, I, I went back and I was looking at what I was going to be talking about reading at the time back in October and shit. I have read quite a few books, read and listened to. Um, so I'm going to have to go through a spitfire just to try to keep this, uh, podcast a little, you know, a little short. I think we're at the almost 20 minute mark. So, uh, I think I, I think I got time to kind of go into it. 
But uh, I think at the time I said I was going to start reading Freakonomics. Um, I did. And uh, honestly, I found it a little boring. I mean, it was it's a cool premise. They talk about just I don't know. I just it didn't catch me at the right time. Honestly, it, it was still interesting, but I, I just didn't. It wasn't where I, where my mind was. I, it didn't compel me to keep turning a page. Uh, but it's it, it had a good premise. It's basically these these researchers who are looking at statistics and showing just how crazy data can be and how you can flip it to whatever story you're trying to tell. And I think a lot of that goes on on a daily basis. And I mean, I don't want to get into conspiracy theories or anything like that, but the whole year of 2020 with with coronavirus and COVID, like all the statistics that have been thrown out. I'll, I'll say this. If you look at the full narrative that has been put out there about just the numbers of, of people being, uh, you know, afflicted, what it means, what they're looking at when they're trying to, you know, you know, just, you know, they're trying to, I don't know, man, it almost feels like they're trying to, you know, scare us. Like it's a, a sense of fear. And it's like, no matter how you cut it or slice it, man, you can, whatever you have the data, you can use it however you want for whatever story you want to tell. And, you know, you would just constantly hear like re redactions and, and corrections through the CDC of like, you can do this, but you can't do that. And it's just like, hold up, y'all keep contradicting. Like, what the fuck? People just don't even know what to do. And it's at a point now, man, we're just like, a lot of people are like, fuck it. Like here in Texas, it's been fuck it. And it's been like that, and a lot of other states have noticed, and that's why there's so many fucking people that are moving to this place. It's crazy, man. It's so crazy right now. But anyway, I digress. I'll, f I'll come back to Freakonomics. Um, I did finish the audiobook, uh, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by uh, Mark Manson. Uh, it was really cool. It was really good. Uh, I think he narrated it, and it was really funny. I was listening to that mainly on my runs. And um, actually, I only listen to Audible when I'm running. I, I, I took away music and I focus more so on just, you know, let me let me maximize the time of just getting new, fresh ideas in me. So got the subscription. Might as well listen to it. Right. But um, yeah, the subtle art of not giving a fuck. It was um, it reminded me of uh, I read um, man, back in 2019 Buddhism for dummies. Um, I was just in the area of, you know, and I work in sales and I was in an area where I had a lot of um, Hindu uh, customers and, and um, I started listening, I started reading about Hinduism, but I always had an affinity for the Japanese culture, just as I'm a big video, you know, a, a big gamer. Um, and um, just, you know, by the nature of playing that, you kind of get a glimpse and connections with the Japanese culture. So I was like, let me let me flip it to that. So I started reading Buddhism for Dummies and this book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, is almost Buddhism, but in a way that's kind of like modern in, in expressing how people not really using um, the Buddhist terms, but still the principles are there. Um, so it's a good read. Um, I think it's probably great for, uh, how should I say? Um, I don't know. I really don't give a fuck about most things. So people who do, this is for you. <laughs> it was this fun, fun read for me. Uh, and then I also finished uh, rework um, that was by Jason Friedman and David 
Heinemeyer Hansen, I think that's how you say it. Um, but they, these are the founders of this um, web design company. I believe it's called Basecamp. Um, it was a really good read. Um, it kind of gives like a fresh look on what it means to build a solid business versus like traditional means, which I mean, at the end of the day, it kind of felt like they just were going against the grain of like all the business tropes that you see out there. You know, it's just, it's kind of like, I don't know, being a devil's advocate. But, I mean, they were successful, so that's why they got a book out. But it, it, it was good. Uh, but the main book that I read, that was, I shouldn't say main book, but the mo- the book that I've, that's probably had the most impact on me um, in a long time and probably ever is The Way of the Superior Man. And this is by David Data. Probably one of the best books I've ever read. So much so, I recommend this as required reading for any man over the age of 18. And shit, probably even younger. I'm just saying, because, I mean, whenever you start, you know, getting into women, which, honestly, this book is, is unisex, man. It's, it's just, it talks about not just men. It talks about the, 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 the energies, the masculine and the feminine energies. And, bro, like, I'm going to have to make a separate episode about this book. Because it has changed me immensely as far as how I look, how I look at myself as an individual, and how I look at myself as a man in the world, and how I look at myself as a man uh, to my wife. Like it's just, it's crazy, man. It is, it's, it's so good. And like I struggled with this book, not in a way of like oh, I couldn't, couldn't you know read it. I struggled because I didn't, I didn't want to face some of the shit that it was saying, and it like just tells you the way it is. And it don't make no sense. Like it to a point like it I shouldn't say let, let me rephrase that. I was so perplexed of how much sense that it made that I was like, I don't wanna believe it. This makes too much sense. No, no, <laughs> it's too real. But shit, man, I recommend it heavily. Anytime, you know, people ask me if I'm reading, I'm like, read the way of superior man. And, and honestly, I don't think I'll be surprised if women are listening to this. This is not geared for women, but this podcast isn't. But I would implore women to read this because they will understand themselves and their men or the men in their lives even better. Like, it's just, it's that good. I can't, I can't, can't recommend it any more than that. Um, But again, I will probably have a whole episode dedicated to that because I've, like every other page I'm like taking notes on and I'm just like, what the fuck? And this and there's some stuff in there that I wish I would have read. I wish I, this knowledge I wish I would have had years ago. It would have made my life probably a lot easier. Would have been able to avoid a lot of mistakes, um, a lot of wasted energy, a lot of wasted time. Um, and there's some things that honestly I'm just not even ready for yet. You know, I'm, I'm still in that development phase. I'm still in that growth. And it's very challenging, man. It's very challenging. And, you know, a lot of it's in ideals. There's some direct instruction that's there. But see, let me talk. Let me stop because I'm, I'm getting way into it. But anyway, um, good read. The Way of the Superior Man by David Data. Please, please, if you have not heard of that, put it in Google search. Buy that shit. That bootleg it. Whatever you got to do, man. Start reading that shit. You'll probably even find it on YouTube somebody reading it out loud. Uh, and then, um, I did finish on Audible as well on part of my run. See, I've been doing a lot of running. The Practicing Stoic. And this is by Ward Farnsworth. 
great read is basically a collection of um, the sayings and the, the, the quotes of the historic Stoic philosophers, um, such as like Seneca or Marcus Aurelius. Um, and honestly, how can I sum it up? It is a good read for getting rid of bitch assness. <laughs> it's basically to be Stoic is, you know, people want to say, no, it's not to show emotion. But, you know, the term has kind of evolved over time. But, you know, these people were like writing in like, you know, 200, you know, A.D., you know, kind of shit. Like it's more so about just keeping your emotions in check, looking at them and having domain, having control over that. Um, it was like nine hours, nine hours of this shit. And it's just quote after quote. And they dissect what that really means. Uh, and the whole point of it is that you really can't claim to be a stoic. That's the whole that defeats the whole purpose is like an oxymoron. That's why you, it's it's titled practicing stoic. It's something that you, you always practice, you know, you know, being, you know, immersed in stoicism. So I highly recommend that. That was really, really good. Um, helped me with a lot of a uh, lot of um, pressures and just, you know, things I'm dealing with with work, uh, just juggling all kinds of stuff. Um, and then I'm currently reading, um, a couple things. So I'm on audible. I'm listening to the Ma by, uh, mastery by Robert green. So Robert green probably heard of him. He has several books out there. Probably one of his most notables is the 48 laws of power. Great. Read. I haven't read all of it. Um, I keep picking it up and down. His format is kind of like, eh, it's very formulaic and mastery is no different from that, but it's, it's, it's basically detailing, um, you know, important figures or pivotal figures in, in history that, um, have shown methods of, um, their mastery. So he basically Robert Green in, in most segments of what he's trying to, point out of a component that you need for mastery um, breaking it down is that he does these little biographies of these pivotal figures you know showing like you know where they came from the kind of environment that they came from what they went through whether it be a struggle and kind of like their aha moment or the the journey that they took that put them in such a place and it's really good it's very inspirational um, I'm probably, man, it's like 15 hours long, a 15 hour listen. And I'm probably about maybe three or four hours in or so. So I'll be listening to that probably well into next month, but highly recommend that as well. And then, uh, I wanted to kind of get out of like the self-help initiative that I was, I was looking at. I'm like, man, let me, let me kind of change it up. So, um, I'm a huge Dave Chappelle fan. And um, I believe it was on one of his Netflix specials. Um, I can't even remember it. Uh, I'm going to check it out. I'm going to have to look this one up. But um, I'm reading uh, Pimp by Iceberg Slim. And God damn, this book. Whew, I, I came in thinking one thing and I'm, I'm about halfway through and let's just say I'm highly entertained and I've actually taken a, a road of looking into the lives of the, of pimps because I thought the pimp gang was something something else <laughs> and this is really kind of flipping it's on it on its head the book is goddamn raw it is raw 
as fuck. And, uh, but it's good, man. And, you know, there was supposed to be a sense of this being, um, how should I say? Uh, I think it's, you know, based on a true story, but he writes it and I'm not sure if he had a ghostwriter or somebody else helped him, but the way that he writes, man, it's so vivid. Like the way he's building the world and these experiences is I didn't think it was going to be like this. Um, I can't find the, uh, the Chappelle special. It's on Netflix. It's not. Um, he had Equanimity. I think that was the one that was in Austin that he filmed. But um, there's another one that came out like around the same time. But anyway, he references it and he talks about one of the stories, um, the Iceberg Slim details about um basically pulling the okie doke on one of his top, his bottom bitches uh, to keep to keep hoeing and that that he equated that or he um, made it um, he made an analogy Chappelle made an analogy to how he felt how he was done in Hollywood and that a lot of other people are done in Hollywood and honestly it took me a minute to kind of really look to see okay what was he really saying with that you know, and it's a cold, cold story, man. It's really fucked up. And I'm like, damn, that's how it really is. So I was compelled to start reading it. And, uh, man, it's, it's amazing. So, uh, I probably should finish that in another, probably in another, another week or so. It's a pretty easy read, but, um, I just, I've actually, I've been savoring it. (laughs) Honestly, I've been looking forward to, you know, reading that. I almost feel like it's like a treat. Um, so that's been good. Um, but yeah, uh, that's pretty much it. That's a lot of books, man. Um, more so than what I've read in the past years or listened to in the past years, but I don't know, man, I'm just getting old and boring, but, um, reading is fundamental, man. I'm gonna keep doing it. Um, it's going to get a little noise. I got to get some water, man. My voice is dry. Ain't talked this much in a minute. Shit. Maybe this is why I stopped doing it. <laughs> oh, all right. Um, next segment. Um, honestly, I want to start. You know what? I'll say the next segment. We'll, we'll keep it. We'll keep it with the games. Because you know what? I have been gaming lately. Uh, now that I think about it, I'm putting myself on the spot. I was like, man, have I been playing anything? I was like, hell yeah, nigga, you've been playing it. I want the Xbox. Give a niggas PlayStations. I want the Xbox. Give a niggas PlayStations. I want the Xbox. Do you say 20 games? I want the Xbox. Give a niggas PlayStations. I want the Xbox. Give a niggas PlayStations. Bro, I've been on that Ghost of Tsushima. PlayStation 4. Which, hey, I ain't got the PlayStation 5. And a lot of you other niggas ain't got it either. (laughs) I already know. Cause you can't find that shit nowhere. God damn. But anyway, it ain't like you can play anything like exclusively on that yet. Anyway, so I mean, there's some stuff, but nothing I ain't checking out for it. But no, um, I picked it up. Wifey gave me a Ghost of Tsushima for my birthday. It was on sale. Um, and man, that game, it's really dope. Uh, it's by Sucker Punch, which they did. Um, what was that game? Ah oh, man. I can't even think of it right now. Uh, I think the second or the third game was Second Son. 
with the superpowers and shit, nigga. I can't even think of the goddamn damn uh, uh the the game right now. I know y'all probably screaming it at me. I can't even think of that shit. Anyway, but anyway, great developer. They do open world games. This one's no different um, as far as just the polish that it has, and honestly, just it it really kind of draws you into the Japanese culture of like feudal Japan, and you know it's the struggle of this of of Jin Sakai in, you know, basically honoring the code of being a samurai, but then taking on the mantle of being the ghost, but it not being accepted from his own family, even though, nigga, this is what he has to do in order to save them from the invasion of the Mongols. So it's like, I don't know why the fuck they tripping, but it's really good. I found a lot of parallels into what I'm dealing with, which I'm just, I don't know. I'm in. I'm uh, empathetic for, you know, to a lot of people and just in general. So, I don't know. I just always put myself in a position and try to relate to things um, as much as I can. But it's a great game, man. Um, highly recommended. It is take, I've probably logged maybe 40, 50 hours in that shit. I'm taking my time. I'm just, I'm savoring it. I don't want to rush it. I got... I, just, I don't have the patience and the attention to, you know, to do a lot of game. Man, there's so many games out there right now. Um, I got a lot of a lot of friends that are on uh, Call of Duty. Uh, her Fall Guys is cool. Um, I mean, Fortnite, GTA 5. Like, there's just so much shit that I just, I don't, have, I don't have time for it. Especially if it's online. I'm like, nigga, I don't have time. And I used to go hard with Call of Duty, man. Like, I think I stopped after Advanced Warfare, and I'm just like, I ain't got time, dude. I can't. There's only so many times you can prestige and playing the same shit. But I don't know. I might get back into it. Who knows? So, um, but yeah, Ghost of uh, Tsushima. Oh my gosh, highly recommended. Um, not sure what I'll go into next. Um, I'm thinking I might do The Witcher. I don't know, man. I'm looking at these long form open world games, and I think I might go that route. Oh no, actually. I got, um, well, this one might be the same. Um, I got uh, Control. Um, and I think that came out in 2019. Um, I can't even, man, it's about this chick going through some, I don't even know. I've, I've actually been blinded. I've only seen the reviews on it, but it's done by Remedy, who did, like, they don't have the license anymore, but they did the original Max Payne, like the Max Payne 1 and Max Payne 2. Uh, three Rockstar did that internally after they bought the license. But Remedy, they did Alan Wake. Um, they did uh, Quantum, I think it's called Quantum Break uh, on the Xbox, which I got that, but I never finished it. Um, it actually reminds me a lot about just the mechanics from what I saw. But yeah, I'll probably get into Control. Um, it reminds me of kind of like Uncharted vibes of just, you know, the, the third person shooter. So I'll definitely probably uh, start that one. I got that on. They had that on PlayStation Plus for free. So I'm like, oh, getting that shit. So that's what I'm doing for gaming. Um, I've had had some time to, to to get that in just because I need to clear my head after a long day's work, man. Um, it's really kind of centering me a little bit. Uh, but yeah, next segment, um, I'm going to title this Made for Melanin. I have a, uh, I have a, 
a new business endeavor that I'm trying to embark on. And um, I've already gone through the first phase of uh, testing out the product, got great reviews uh, from the people I, uh, I sent it out to, gave them samples. And um, it really made me go back to the drawing board and really take this shit seriously and respect it and not just be something that, oh, let's just see what happens. Like I've really been putting a lot of effort into building a brand around it. Uh, I'm not going to talk too much about it right now because I, I still, it's not about keeping it on the wraps. I just don't want to, um, I don't want to be premature with it. I still have some tweaks that I want to make uh, and I actually have a the next phase of how the rebranding of it's going to be done, how I'm going to be sending that out. That's going to be uh, taking form. So once that is done, I get that final feedback. I'll be launching probably in, in April. But it's helped me really, you know, starting my own business has re really made me keep an eye out for other businesses, especially black owned businesses. So I want to make sure I can spotlight that on this uh, on this podcast, um, just because my point of view is from a black man. Um, I know there's a universality to all of us, if that's even a word, but there's a common you know, a commonality to all of us, but I am a black man and I think black voices need to definitely be heard. So I'm going to be an advocate for that. I'm going to represent because I can and God damn it, you, you listening. So you going, what else you going to do about it? Shit. <laughs> so I want to make this uh segment for May for melanin. Uh, and, um, one of the things I want to highlight was just, man, this came on a whim, man. I had to go pick up some supplies for work. And uh, I saw this in Walmart. So the reason why it was important for me, to, like for me to even take note of this, is that Walmart is, you know, the biggest retailer in the nation, if not the country. I mean, the world. But in in the U.S., they're huge. I mean, Amazon's trying to creep up on that ass, but Walmart still has. I mean, Walmart ain't going nowhere. So um, I was, you know, shopping for some shit, and I saw this beer. It's called Black Is Beautiful. So I was looking at it and I'm like, oh, hold up. What is this? Nice design. I did some uh, some research on it and um, and I actually tasted it. And it's kind of like a it's like a coffee. Like dark stout. It's actually really good. Um, at first, it kind of threw me off because I didn't know what it was going to be. And then I mean, I ain't going to lie. I forgot. I put it in the back of my um, <laughs> the back of my car in my trunk for about a couple of days i forgot i had uh, bought it there but um it's it's really 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 good and i just love the fact that this is actually in walmart man like for you to go th for breweries for any beer maker out there i'm not an expert on it but i can only imagine what it takes because i think about how other products are just to get it on the shelves of walmart is challenging this shit was on an end cap like you couldn't like it wasn't granted it was in the back of the stove, but it was by the beer. And it was I was just like, hold up. I didn't know what it was, but just the name black is beautiful. Hell yes. So I'm just going to I'm reading from their page and I just want to spotlight this. So black is beautiful, a collaborative effort to raise awareness for the injustices of people of color face daily and raise funds for police brutality reform and legal defenses for those who have been wronged. They even got a documentary that can it can go on and look at this. It's really dope. So um, 
Here's kind of their mission. It says, for breweries, join the cause. The Black is Beautiful initiative is a collaborative effort amongst the brewing community and its customers in an attempt to bring awareness of the injustices that many people of color face daily. Our mission is to bridge the gap that's been around for ages, provide a platform to show that the brewing community is an inclusive place for everyone of any color. We are asking for all breweries and brewers far and wide to raise a glass with us in unison and participate in this collaboration. In a collaboration efforts, we would ask for uh, participating breweries to do the following. Donate 100% of the beer's proceeds to local foundations that support police brutality reform and legal defenses for those who have been wronged. Choose their own entity to donate to local organizations that support equality and inclusion and commit to the long-term work of equality. So who runs this is Weathered Souls. Um, and they're pretty much, you know, giving all their, their money to, um, like a campaign, but I don't, I don't want to read everything verbatim. Honestly, go check this out. I just love the whole, the whole vibe that this is, man. So shout out, shout out to Weathered Souls for getting this out. I'm not sure if they created it. It looked like they have, they have, but, um, I believe the owner is Marcus, um, Baskerville. I'm gonna have to, uh, hit him up on Instagram and just shout out, man, cause the beer's good. And I mean, shit, I, I didn't know black folks brew beer, bro. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know. So I didn't know. I'm going to try to spread the word as much as I can. So, but it was really dope. That's there. So uh, I'll try to, I'll try to do my best, um, you know, to, to shout out that. So um, I'll, I'll try to make that a segment as much as I can for businesses and, and more so if I can actually test the product. Um, or service that they have, I'll make sure I give my honest opinion because one thing I want to do is make sure that we're spotlighting these businesses, but at the same time, we're making, we're helping them become even better because it's one thing to, you know, you know, represent and, and, and give representation to, um, to businesses that, that normally wouldn't, but at the same time, we have to be honest. And just because it's, it's, it's black doesn't mean that it, not you know it's not bad <laughs> it can be bad sometimes but it's not about being critical you know just for critical sake it's about being constructive and making sure that hey you know if there's any tweaks if there's any good feedback and honestly i will want the same energy i'm just giving out the same energy that i will want i don't want anybody just to be saying oh man this is great just because they think it's about you know a black man fuck that shit be real with me man you know, so um, I'm gonna make sure I do the same, and that's gonna be. <laughs> I'm gonna keep that energy with uh, the next um, next podcast because this one's running a little bit long. You know what? You know what? No, 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 no. This is this ain't an hour yet, but I'm I'm gonna get into it. I thought I wasn't, but I'm I'm gonna get into it. I'm gonna keep that same energy, and I wanna talk about coming to America. So we talking about blackness. Coming to America, you can't get more blacker than that, especially nowadays and last week. That shit just dropped um, last week, last Friday, I think it was. And um, I don't know, no black person that was born in the 80s that had that doesn't know the original Coming to America movie. Like, to me and my family, that's part of my life. Like, Eddie Murphy is like, he is like the GOAT when it comes to comedy, like, he is an icon to me, like, I fucking soak up everything Eddie Murphy's seen, all his movies, most of them, there's some I'm just like, I ain't fucking with it, but, 
a majority of his movies, been a huge fan all my life. I grew up watching this guy. And as I've gotten older, I've only appreciated more to see how what he was able to do. There's not too many entertainers that have had the type of career that he has. Because this nigga was hitting the clubs when he was like a teenager. You know, they talk about how Dave Chappelle was like 16 or 14 or whatever when he was really starting out with comedy and really kind of had a good, you know, stable act and solid act, I should say. But Eddie was killing it like, you know, 18, but then starring in movies when he was like 20, 21. And like the biggest movies of the time. Like it was crazy. But coming to America was no exception. And that shit was just on rotation, whether it be on tape, be on bootleg, be on TV. Like you had to watch coming to America. And there's so much shit from that movie that's like just ingrained in my life. <laughs> it's almost like how church has become. Like I recognize Jesus. I recognize black folks from coming to America. This is a language that you understand from that movie. But anyway, I say all that to say that, you know, the sequel was really hyped. I mean, when I first heard that, you know, you heard rumblings and rumors for the longest for this happening, um, that it was going to happen. Um, but we got word, I think it was back in 2019. It was right after uh, My Name is Dolomite premiered and they like got the green light that, oh, well, this is coming through. So I'm like, oh, shit. And I was kind of cur- curious. I'm like, man, I don't know. Because Eddie's made some bad movies, man. He's made, for every Nutty for Professor, there's a Meet Dave. For every Life, whew, there's a Pluto Nash. <laughs> you know, there's... You know, you, you have such a long career, you're going to have, you know, some movies that just kind of missed a mark, you know, but it is what it is. He has more hits than, you know, than, you know, misses. I'll say that. But it was, um, you know, I, I kind of went went in with um, a temperament of like, I'll, I'll wait and see. I already knew it was never going to live up to the original movie. It just can't. Not to me. Like, not at all. You know. It never was going to meet up to it. But I heard they were pretty much bringing back the whole cast, which they did, man. Like, the only people they couldn't bring back, which was weird. They um, The only person that, I, a couple of people they couldn't bring back. They couldn't bring back the the lady, the um, the actress that was his mother. Because uh, she had passed, unfortunately. Um, which was, I was, I was watching this. I watched it for a second time with my mom. And she was surprised that James L. Jones was still alive. <laughs> But yeah, he was in it. Um, you know, Arsenio. Um, they had oh, they didn't have Eric LaSalle. They didn't have him in there. But they had his wife, um, Hakeem's wife. Um, man, just just everyone. Um, the McDowell's. Like it was just crazy. It was crazy. Like how many people they got from the original. And we and it's more impressive because the movie's over thirty years old. The original. It's crazy. They even had Louis Anderson in that motherfucker. I knew I could have sworn Louis Anderson had died, but I think it was in the movie. Um, but yeah, who they didn't have, didn't have Eric LaSalle. And how the hell are you not going to have Samuel Jackson? I'm like, as big as he is now, what the fuck? And he's in everything. He's in every fucking Marvel movie. <laughs> I'm like, you would have thought he would have at least shown, for that, shown up for that. So, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows the story behind that one? I, I think it's probably pretty interesting. Uh, oh, and then to bring Cuba, Cuba Gooden Jr., but, I mean, he was barely in the first one. 
Um, but the movie, my honest opinion, I'll say this. I definitely don't think I'll watch it again. I don't feel like there's a need for me to watch it again. I don't think it was anything close to the original. But I don't think it was a bad movie. Like, in totality. Like, for me, it ain't for me. But it was rated PG-13 from Jump. I already knew it. I'm like, man, they're trying to make this a family movie. And honestly, it's a great family movie. I think this has a little bit of everything for all ages. Um, You know, just there's a lot of things that they address with the new generation. Um, There's a huge... um, sense of family pride i mean most families nowadays and i shouldn't say nowadays it's always been the case you know the family structure is always different you know like it's never you know for a while hollywood and just i guess the ideals that the social norms would create was that you had to have the intact family that you had a mother and father that were together for the majority of their lives that had their own children you know white picket fences all that kind of shit Life ain't like that, man. Life is crazy. I come from a broken home. My wife comes from a broken home. Most of my friends come from broken homes. (laughs) Like, it's just normal. And when I say, I shouldn't even say broken, but just different family dynamics. Meaning, like, you know, they ain't living with their original mom. They weren't raised by the original mom, their original dad, you know, their their blood dad, whatever. There's always different dynamics. So, the whole premise of how the, the movie is, without to give spoilers, is just... It, it kind of um, embraces the the diversity of, you know, family structures and just I, I think that's important. And I, and I think um, I think the message that they were having as far as this nepotism and, you know, what that really means, you know, in, in this modern era of things, I think it has a really good family message. And there were some funny bits. The funniest part of this movie was probably Leslie Jones and Wesley Snipes because you could tell that they had fun with their characters man and I've always been a fan of Leslie Jones man like she's so underrated I know Tiffany Haddish is doing her thing and I'm glad she's putting on other people because she got a platform but I'll be honest man Tiffany has this kind of like hood rat you know you know a roundaway girl kind of like you know, flex that she does with her, with her show. I mean, like with her, with her comedy and like how she's kind of typecast, which there's nothing wrong with that. Hey, make your money. Leslie Jones does it way better with way less effort. <laughs> Completely. Leslie Jones is the truth. And she's just such a big presence that you can't ignore it. But like her stand up is great. She's had minor roles here and there and always delivered. Um, but she never really had a time to shine. She shined the fuck out in this movie, man. She was literally the funniest part of this movie. <laughs> like, seriously. Um, so I'm glad that Eddie put her on, um, which he's always putting on black people, man, like crazy. Like, he, shit, he putting Wesley back on, man. He done did My Name is Dolomite and then this, and Wesley seems to be having a ball in both of these titles man like he got a bad rap before like he was always talking like you know there was always rumors that he was hard to work with in hollywood and how he was um an asshole on the set of the blade movies or whatever i mean but the nigga was producing it and make i mean the movies were dope third one eh, maybe not but i mean i was watch it was watchable but you know he just you know after him going through his his tax shit you know he kind of had like a hiatus and like kind of did some more 
less notable movies, kind of probably like de- direct to video or on demand <laughs> shit. But these, like, he has pr- prominent roles and and he's really making a staple for himself. So I like it. it. It seems like a new, like a rejuvenation, so to speak, of Wesley. But um, Eddie, man, like his whole career, man, has just been about employing black actors and filmmakers. So. I'm glad. I'm just glad that he made this movie. So I'm gonna give the representation kudos. I mean, you got Kenya Burris that did the writing. That's on there, and like Eddie produced it. Um, you know, and just I, I I love the fact that he just always gives back. Like he's always trying to get joy, um, get employment to, to black black and brown people. Like no, I would say black people. Fuck the brown, just black. And uh, I think they even filmed part of it on um, the set. Uh, well, Tyler Perry Studios. I think they filmed some of Rick Ross's house. With that was the mansion. God damn, Rick, what the fuck you doing, Ross? What the? I don't know, man. That don't look like rap money, bro. That mansion was huge. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it was it was it was okay. I won't watch it again, but I do recommend it. Um, like I said, like I was talking about the the blackest beautiful beer. Like let's represent it. Let's. Please go go watch the movie, but I'm be I'm be honest, but I'll be constructive about the criticism. I ain't just gonna say it's trash. So go check it out. <laughs> go check it out. Um, but I'm gonna end it there. That is enough uh, for now. I think we are probably at the hour mark. Um, I have so much more um, to talk about going into the future. So I just want to say thank you for all the listeners for your continued listening efforts. I mean, I've had an audience that's grown and honestly, I completely neglected it. I mean, life became life um, and I really kind of put this on a back burner, man. I just it wasn't a high priority. But now that things have kind of settled in and I'm kind of getting some structure back in my life um, that I can have a good amount of balance, I'm definitely going to be doing more. So seeing everyone who's been rock with me uh since day one i appreciate y'all and y'all are giving me that extra motivation that i need so i will definitely most definitely we have more episodes coming uh coming here soon uh look out for that that 444 episode that episode is going to be very very special i'm not sure if i can even well i'm not even monetizing any of this shit i'm just doing it just for the sake of it but there might be copyrights all over this because like i gotta have like the album is just dope Four for four is just dope. So I'm going to see what I can do to put those segments on there. Um, I post this through Anchor um, and, uh, you know, the podcast service. I think Spotify owns it. So I think they have some updates where you can actually start licensing, licensing records. So I think I might be able to utilize that. I'm going to have to fuck around with it a little bit. Honestly, I just haven't had the time uh, to do a deep dive, but I will. But check out for that episode. That's going to be dropping April 4th. I'm telling y'all because I'm telling myself at the same time because I got to make sure I get that shit out. So I got less than a month. Um, but yeah, so um, I appreciate that. I really, really do. Um, I'm probably going to start trying to drop these every week if I can. Um, that's just the goal that I have. But um, bear with me if there's going to be some inconsistencies with that. But there won't be any more four to five month hiatuses. All right. So as usual, hit hit us up on Twitter and all the social media channels. So Twitter is at uh, at fifth underscore men. So that's F-I-F underscore A-M-E-N-D and Instagram at fifth amendment. That's F-I-F-A-M-N-E-N-D 
E-M-E-N-T. I can't fucking spell right now. Uh, so just keep the conversations going and the topics going. Um, and then, yeah, man, um, we'll be hearing a lot more from you. So I appreciate it. Thanks for taking the time to listen to Broadly Specific. You could have listened to anything else, but you decided to listen to some BS. Appreciate it, partner. Peace.